us. Are you here? Welcome to this week's episode of Hollow Weekly. Nick and George here with Personal Shopper. Indeed. Man, I am kind of mad I waited this... <laughs> you know what? No, no, I'm not. I'm glad I saw it when I did. There was a reason for that. This movie just creeped in. Yeah, it worked out. I think you liked the how the experience this way. like Because you, I think you kept hearing about it and hearing about it. And then you were like... Fine, but usually when you keep hearing about something and you watch it, it's sort of disappointing. So you got to have the experience of hearing well, about luckily it. Luckily, no one it, like though. explained it clearly. So like normally people like <laughs> no one can. Into, yeah, no one. Like usually they go into depth and they give you the nitty gritty. But like right. I've heard a lot about this, but at the same time I know nothing about it. That's... So I kind of got to go in with a blank slate, which was pretty fun. That's super interesting. That's an interesting dynamic. That yeah. Cause you're right. I you I even I when I was telling you about it, I'm sure I didn't say anything specific about it. I remember I, I was telling you that I loved it. I remember we did an episode where I put it like one of my top, my top five of the year, if not higher, for the horror movies of the year. And, I can, right. I get it. And then you were like, um, "Yeah, but what happens?" And I'm like, "It's a ghost movie." <laughs> yeah, like it's just like, but like, like I was telling you this because we were talking about this yesterday, like. I'll, I'll just say, for the people who are on the fence personal shopper, yes. if you saw Crimson Peak and you're kind of disappointed, watch this, because this is a really effective ghost movie. That's, but like, that's such an interesting association. But, it's but weird, they're both but, like quiet, atmospheric horror, sort of. Yeah, like, I mean, they, it's sort of, like, I would honestly do it as like a double build. Like, I think that would work. Like, there's this weird isolation, like, uh, what did I say yesterday? It was like the movie, like, I was feeling emotionally seasick. Mm-hmm. Like that's how this movie makes you feel. Like it's really, it it's a, does weird shit to you. Such a good way to describe like the feeling of it. So that would be Crimson Chopper or Personal Peak. Personal Peak. Personal no. <laughs> <laughs> I saw that on Cinemax <laughs> later <at> night one time. <laughs> good double bill. Personal Crimson. So I, the reason I really wanted to approach this now is that this movie deals with isolation and grief. And a couple of things are happening. Obviously, we're all dealing with isolation. And it's Orange I, County. No, no, true. I, well, they're going to deal with it in a different way. But, <laughs> but so it's. But the thing is that it's not. Um, you know, the, 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 we're as we're recording this. The Shutter had released the movie Host. It became a big deal, deservedly so. It's a great movie. And then when I was looking back on it, and then we just watched Personal Shopper, I was like, all right, so Host is now becoming sort of legendary for, like, catching the zeitgeist. Like, this period, right, this right, period right. of time, what does it feel like, you know, whatever. But I felt like they, they were a really close-knit group of friends. So it, it, the movie dealt with isolation. Like, you got to deal with the other, each other mm-hmm. digitally via Zoom, and it's not the same or whatever. But, like, for the theme of isolation, Personal Shopper did a much, much better job of conveying it, and it comes way earlier, right? So that, and then Hereditary sort of re-inaugurated the grief wave of horror, where grief and trauma are like, well, like Babadook, the, too. I like, like grief wave. Grief. <laughs> that's a cool fucking right. title for movies. <laughs> better than Personal Peak, that's good. <laughs> um, so, you know, 
it unleashed this wave of like movies with you know trauma and whatever. And I, for my money, I think Personal Shopper is just the quiet sister of Hereditary. So you yeah, know. that's a great way to put it. I also I also thought about it, especially with the opening scene. I'm like, this is the best Haunted Mansion movie. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Those effects really you you took them as like very Haunted Mansion looking. Dude, felt- I didn't take it like that at all. To me, they were super creepy because it was one of the first times in a modern movie where I felt like ghosts were depicted kind of the way I would expect them to look. Yeah. Right. Right. But, 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 and that, that's not how Haunted Mansion is. I don't expect ghosts to look like Haunted Mansion. So somehow they get to look like Haunted Mansion ghosts, but also look like the way I think ghosts look, even though those two things are not the same. I don't know how this movie. Yeah. I don't know why you gave me Haunted Mansion. I think it was because it was like, just just an old dark mansion. It was in a two level room with smoky ghosts. Oh, it that felt was, like it a was... mansion to me, though. <laughs> true, like, true. Like it just felt big. Like it felt like, you know, there, there's like that. There's that creepy openness when you're mm-hmm. on the haunted mansion, mm-hmm. where it's like you know, you're not you're not like you know claustrophobic or something like that. Like it's not like the walls are tightening in. Like you get to right. observe everything, but while you're observing everything, you're kind of freaking yourself out. Yep. Because you're constantly like looking at little details and trying to catch things. And I was doing that with personal shop. I was yeah. like, is that really a shadow? Yeah. Is that this? And then that opening scene alone, like, I think if you're on the fence, just check out the opening scene. Like, I think that's pretty effective. Like that got me kind of from the get. Cause I think what a lot of people who don't even think this movie is a horror movie or don't, which is kind of delusional. Yeah. It, no, it's not kind of, <laughs> it's definitely <laughs> delusional, but also it's, you know, they also, I think they think of it as a really slow burn and it is, it, I'm, I'm not going to, I won't disagree on that, but I think, I, th- I think there are some legitimately great, um, either jump scare sort of sequences or like very effective fright sequences. A la the closest thing I can think of is the ball and the changeling you know, bouncing down the stairs. There's sequences in this movie that are that good. And there's more than one of them, right? And they're spaced out where I feel like the movie is just, every time you think, oh, maybe it's going a little too slow, something good happens, right? So I think it's... The pacing is off the charts good. Great. I, I, like, there even, we were talking yesterday, like, you felt like you feared the cell phone or the texting sequence because it went on too long. Mm -hmm. And But then you said every time it comes around and you never, like, seem to care. The first time watching it, I didn't even like really give a shit because in the film, she's getting these texts and you don't know if it's who it's from. Right. Presumably her dead brother spirit. Wait. Okay. Hold that. Hold hold that thought for a second. So basically, what's happening is that Kristen Stewart's playing a personal shopper. She is. She has just lost her twin brother. They both are basically consider themselves mediums. Mm -hmm. So they have like a talent for being psychic and talking to the dead or sensing the dead and whatnot. They they have day jobs too because apparently that doesn't pay pay well. (laughs) Or or it or a la like dead zone. It it takes a toll so you don't use it right. Mm -hmm. So they're. She she's trying to contact her brother, and meanwhile she's trying to live her life where there's not much happening. To be honest, she has a distant boyfriend who's you know somewhere way way far away, and then she gets involved with the person she's doing the shopping for, a celebrity. He has she has a boyfriend who becomes sort of like a sinister figure in this, and is likely the person doing the text. By the way, we're gonna have a lot of spoilers or whatever. So, but you don't know at the time when she's doing the texting sequence. She thinks it's either her dead brother because he promised to send her a sign mm-hmm. from the afterlife after he died. W- weird sign would be text chains, but whatever. She thinks it's possible it's just her brother, or it, she doesn't figure this out yet. But it's it's definitely the the celebrity's um, uh, boyfriend who is trying to frame her for the murder he's about to do. Right? Okay. So this yeah. texting sequence 
goes on for a while. Never bumped though. Right. Like because because of the fact that like they or they float the idea that it could be her brother mm. makes every message kind of interesting. Right. Like, you know, like if you knew it was fucking what what the boyfriend, you're like what's his name Ian or uh, uh Ingo. Ingo. Yep. It was not Ingo. If I knew for that from the start, I wouldn't give a shit. I'm like, ah, oh, she's just being weird. <laughs> yeah, well, you're you're right. I mean, the thing is also, um, and, and this is where sort of the pandemic element comes in. When you think about her life, mm-hmm. it looks like she's living um, a working life, like a sort of weird one. There's not, you know, personal shopper can't be like one of the number one jobs in the world, but mm-hmm. but you know, it's it's a job. It's a job people do, and you know, so and she obviously is not having fun doing it. So it's like every job. Yeah. So so she's you know, I don't know. The weird thing is, it looks like she's going about a normal life, but if you think about it, every time she shows up where Kira's supposed to be, she's not there. So she's alone most of the time. And then every time she's doing an interaction where she's picking something up, she's doing one-on-one interactions, but sort of at a distance. And then she's just out of there. Like she's living a sort her chances of catching COVID just with no adjustments to her lifestyle are pretty small. The only thing she says to other people is no, she wouldn't like that. Uh, Oh yeah, get that leather jacket. Right. <laughs> that's it. Right. That's, all that's, that's all she's doing. But that it's kind of amazing that this movie focused in on someone who's really being buffeted by grief and and in in you know in a bad way. And because she doesn't have a lot of energy, she's basically just doing her job and getting through the rest of her day, sort of, while she's trying to figure things out. And her lifestyle feels a lot like the one our lifestyles have become. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> right. So totally, it, that, yeah. which is also weird that the movie sort of, when you think about isolation, it can sort of predict when, when a historical event happens that requires isolation, a, an artist who makes something about isolation that's really good is sort of predicting how it's going to go. It's interesting. <clears throat> yeah. I mean, I guess if, if they, because when did a personal shopper come out? 2016 or something. So it's fairly recent. So the only difference, like if they made it today, it was like, there'd be more apps. There'd be more, yeah, and masks. That's, I mean, that's all, that's all, right? That's all, that's, a, that's all the way. A lot more Grubhub. I will say this though, watching this movie made me want to be like mega rich and have a personal shopper. Like I was just thinking to myself, like, like this movie, like it's not like super glossy or glamorous, but like I, I saw myself being like, man, it'd be kind of nice. Like you come home, you got like a, New, new jacket a furnished closet yeah like, like new guess, shit totally. i was like man that'd be nice <laughs> <laughs> how great would that yeah, be? yeah obviously it would be awesome but i mean it's awesome for kira right until she's dead well yeah she can uh, <laughs> right. she ends up getting it so go ahead no uh just um the the first interaction because a lot of these films like if they're slow burns there's usually like how many like slow burns have you seen that have had like just extraordinary dialogue like quite a few I, it, so it's, it, that's a common trait for slow burns yeah i think have. people who are doing slow burn movies where you're spending you know longer time with less happening on the screen know they have to fill it with something oh you know what i was <laughs> right. thinking of i was thinking of bumblecore yeah well that yeah no that's no, yeah, no. <laughs> well okay at any rate yeah. dialogue the conversations were really good i thought um yes i thought kristen stewart's character and the boyfriend that first interaction mm-hmm. it was like it was like kind of cheesy the questions like they were asking each other but like somehow like it played off really cool mm-hmm. <laughs> i don't know how to describe it like it's it just kind of had this like like 
I don't know, this like art housey swagger to it, but like mm-hmm. it wasn't like super pretentious. Mm-mm. And I thought that was kind of kind of cool. Yeah, that that's the thing is I think because Kristen Stewart can we just get this out of the way? Kristen Stewart's an amazing actress. Everyone I'll back just that up. go fuck off or whatever. How are they talking about like whatever? And and the thing is you know, she carried the Twilight series, let's be honest, right? Yeah. So then here she's she's got this this whole movie lives or dies on whether she can pull off this performance because nothing else is really happening in this movie but her character Mm -hmm. right it's all kind of revolving around her character this movie feels a lot like repulsion the roman blansky movie where that it's all centered around the one character right uh and there's another reason why it's a lot like that movie too which we'll get to when we get the spoilers at the end but she you know she, she feels like she's been rubbed down to like where her wires are exposed, right? Yeah, like she's yeah. pretty beaten down. She's taking the death of her twin brother really hard. She's not having a great time in her life. And I think because she's in that position, every time the movie tries to get a little soaring with like elaborate dialogue that would be too art housey, she kind of just is like runs out of energy <laughs> in the conversation. And and then the scene ends. So it's like perfect that she's it was like perfect. That. Yeah, towards the end of that conversation, she just kind of like gets real short and then like, Okay, I'm gonna go now. Bye. Right, she's like a bounces. splash of whiskey in in the coffee. Like it's it's not like every scene she's in, she's not gonna let the scene get out of hand by getting too pretentious because she's being she's just being too real at the, at the time, right? So, uh, as a matter of fact, one of the things that you and I talked about that I found fascinating about this movie was, and I wish we had recorded this in oh, real time I because I, I thought about just pulling out my phone and just recording it. And right. Next time we do that, because we do that all the fucking time when we're <laughs> we talking just, and we're like, this should be on Drop that uh, in. Yeah, I'm just, for now on, it, okay, for now on, editing for the people listening, if we have such a fire-ass conversation, you better believe some iPhone quality audio it's coming is going to be dropped in. in. It's, it's getting dropped in. It's getting parachuted in the middle. Yeah. Of the, but, but the thing is, for anyone who's seen Personal Shopper who happens to be listening to this, well, first of all, you're my people because I listen to podcasts about movies I've already seen all the time. So um, so hi. And then second, <laughs> and the second thing is, if you've seen Personal Shopper or you watch it and then come back and listen to this, um, think to yourself, like, what... Are what do what are the jobs that the characters in this movie are doing, right? Mm-hmm. Because it seems like a normal world where where you don't bump on it, you don't notice it at all, right? But when you go back and you think, you're like, what are these characters' jobs? What is Ingo doing? What what does Kira do? Like we know she's a celebrity, but why? Like how is why is she famous? Is is it musical? Is it acting? Is it model? Like like. Wh- what are these jobs like her distant boyfriend who's off in the Himalayas or wherever he is coding like we know he codes but he's on a mountain in the middle of nowhere right so that doesn't make a lot of sense right and then she's meeting like her brother's uh wife the 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 widow Mm -hmm. well I don't know her job then the wife finds a new boyfriend immediately which is super weird it's like 90 days Three months. Right, and I have I have a thought on that. So like, but but we don't know what he does. He he talks like he's like a like a spiritual therapist or something. Like oh my weird. god, yeah. Like we don't know what any of these people do. We don't even know what her dead brother did. We know he's a medium. We know he works with the one guy. But we, so when you go back and you look, everyone's got jobs, but you don't know what any of those jobs are. Right? It's like a reverse Truman Show. You're in a world where you're watching, but you're get, you're being given no information, right? So it it leads to this movie feeling having a really creepy, hollow feel, mm-hmm. and you can't identify why. But I think there's more of that than I caught, and that's why I think this movie really 
grows with rewatching, right? Like I had a way better time on the second watch than the first. Yeah, I think um, it's got those weird like David Lynch type of like, mm-hmm. you know, you some things mean more than the other. And you actually brought up some more fan theories that I thought was pretty. Right. Well, we'll get to the we'll get to the end once when you're out of when you have nothing else to say about the body of it because the end is where the fan theories really come in. That and... blew my mind because I enjoyed the well. First of all, let me tell let me tell yes. a little story about everyone, please. This movie scared me, like, <laughs> like legit. Like I had to grab a blanket, you know, mm-hmm. and I was like, oh, I was like, oh, I feel protected now. I got my fucking blanket. <laughs> like, ghosts ain't gonna bother bother me. And I even had the chair next to me, and Gatsby was sitting there, and I was like, ooh, cats like fuck with ghosts, so, like, <laughs> super protected, like a mongoose against the cold. Yeah, exactly, exactly <laughs> like that. But like, the opening scene kind of spooked me, or it really spooked me. Yep. And it's like really hollow. Like, she's also kind of like Kristen Stewart's also kind of like super into like finding the sign which is kind of creepy in itself mm-hmm. yep. so like i was spooked out by it. the ghost scene scared me the murder scene which spoilers like that really frightened me and the yep. ending i thought was kind of spooky but like i caught myself at the end of the night like kind of like having like the willies like yeah you know like you can feel some shit shooting up and on your spine like yeah. it's an effective ghost movie but like here's the thing like, we were talking like we want to tell people it's a good scary ghost movie but we can't tell you it's a good scary ghost movie because we don't want to ruin the. We were talking about expectations. We don't want to set expectations too high for the scares. But if I think it's a legitimately, it, it disturbed me the, the first time yes. I watched it. I was unnerved by this movie, right? Mm-hmm. And I couldn't get out of my head. There's one particular moment that I couldn't. I can't get out of my head still, right? So like, it's a it's a bizarre movie that way. It's effective the way like the Mulholland Drive diner jump scare. Scene What's the scene is, you still can't get out of your head? The ghost going in and out of the door of the hotel. Yeah, that because was... it's in the wrong order. So let's let me that's, set that's let me set this up scene, so yeah. that we can get to the end. But let me just let me just set up the thing real quick because, you know, first of all, I can only think of one other movie where the plot, the entire plot, turns on when the uh, when a person dies and promises to send a sign. To, from the afterlife to a relative like the only movie I've seen is the ninth configuration which by the way was written by William Peter Blatty of Exorcist fame huh. so I feel like these kind of mindsets of these movies because this movie feels very Exorcist 3 to me right like it, it yeah, it's, yeah, it's, yeah. it's 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 that kind of disturbing right it's, like it's the less floaty spiritual than, totally and and like with you can tell it's got meaning to it and like but it's not overdone and you really believe in the people believing in what they're trying to accomplish which is you know like it has mm-hmm. all that going on so but so basically what happens here is and this is massive spoilers so you walk away and then come back after you've watched it um but the end sequence plays out where Kristen Stewart's being set up for a murder and a theft of highly valuable Cartier jewelry and she goes to meet um Ingo presumably we know it is because we see it but she, and then they go in a hotel room he gave her the address to it and then we don't see what happens in that room. We know he's trying to set her up to take the fall for the murder of the celebrity. We know he has every reason to want to harm her or murder her or whatever. We, she doesn't seem particularly aware she's in danger. She's just going there, mm-hmm. right? So it looked like that was going to come out badly for her. But the next thing we see is we see we, the camera leaves the room. And then we see, I think it's, for, it's not surveillance camera, but it looks like surveillance camera footage. We see the door, the, the, we see a, a figure, we, we don't see anything. A force. Yeah, it matches, I think it matches the shot Ingo 
of Ingo coming in. Yes, exactly. So it's it's uh, it's this force going through the lobby of the hotel and out the automatic doors. And like, what's weird is like, there's nothing on frame, but like, you kind of feel right whatever you feel some kind of force moving through the frame right like you're, you're not br- seeing anything but your your brain feels like it's like seeing a blur or an outline it's not there right? yeah like, but yeah. like you're like uh, to me i was like wait did i see something go through there yep and i guarantee there's nothing on no, the frame t- like it's totally. like but like my brain was like you definitely saw <laughs> absolutely right movie. right right exactly so and then we see ingo leave the room and he looks fine doesn't look like he's been in a fight doesn't look like covered in blood like whatever well but that makes sense. No murderer doesn't stroll out of a room like whatever. <laughs> and then he goes down the exact same route like, through the exact same doors and the doors do the exact same thing when the invisible thing goes through it. And then he, as soon as he steps out of the hotel, he's arrested and he, he shoots. And I don't know what, I think he's wounded and captured because he, he confesses to everything. So he's definitely not killed there. Right. Right. right, right. Um, so, then Kristen Stewart goes off. She she encounters her dead brother for real, but she doesn't know it. And then she goes to meet her boyfriend wherever he is in some remote o- Oman, maybe or some some place in the Middle East. And they're on a mountain. And then we'll talk about the very very end in a second. Because but the the because I I had to get you there to explain to you that the scene that I never could get out of my head from this movie is the ghost leaving the hotel room because it's in the wrong order. It feels weird. It's in the wrong order. That's the problem is the, what the thing that makes sense is that they go into the room and then Ingo leaves the room and goes out and gets arrested. And the ghost leaves the room after and watches it happen. Right. That's what makes sense. It doesn't make sense for the ghost to leave the room first and then Ingo second. Like, what is the, why is the ghost leaving the room? Call 911. Right. Well, yeah, because Ingo gets arrested out where the ghost is standing. But did the ghost have some ability to make that right. happen? Right. They, like, they don't that's, even, nothing. There's well, nothing. I, I know what happens now. I can fully explain it. But, so this is it's it's depressing that I figured this out, but I figured no, this no, out. no, I'm excited. I've solved I've solved this movie, so like that's no problem. But it for the, the longest time I couldn't get out of my head because it's just in the wrong order, and so it makes the visuals so haunting. And like this movie's, you know, it feels like a no closure movie. Although well, now that I figured it out, it's total closure. But like it felt like a no closure movie. So there's a lot going on there, and that scene just messed with me. I just thought of it just. I was like, I need to know. Like, was that Kristen Stewart's ghost? Did she get killed in the hotel room? Is that um, That's what you Lu- told me is that Lewis, first. the brother? Right? Like, yeah. w- like what is that? What what is that force that came out of that room? What is it? <laughs> Do you want the explanation now? Yeah. Because <laughs> I <laughs> okay. Is there is before I do it? Because I feel like I've been talking for a bit. Is there a is there a scene from this movie that you think will stick with you? Like that that'll creep you out. The later murder scene will creep me out. Okay. But more than anything. The sound design in this movie, oh. like I'm really, really like upset that the sound bar didn't come in on time because we just before recording this tested it out with Jurassic Park and we have some like rear wireless speakers coming in, so like it's, it's going to really up the movie night. I'm really excited. Yeah. Uh, but the sound design in this movie is fucking crazy good. Like you could honestly watch this movie with like blind like you could just like you just put you know it's like you could listen to this like going to bed and it would be just as scary as like an audiobook like yeah. type of thing like yep. it, it also has a lot of those um uh david lynch electric electricity type of noises so yep. like whenever you hear like some buzzing you know some shit's about to go down so it's sort of you know that's cool that's sort of like their theme like you know like they're done um 
I thought that was really effective. And it also it also kept me on my toes the whole time because this movie is really quiet. So when a sound effect comes in, you're like, oh, okay, this is like, this is going to get real now. <laughs> this is about, That's I don't know how it's going to get real. That's interesting. And it always kept me on what my toes. What about the Lewis in the background dropping the glass scene? I mean, that, that yeah, scene, that scene stuck with me for a while too. <laughs> you, dude, like, honestly, like you, you could feel like the air gets sucked out of the room because it's like, it's just like the frame like hangs on Kristen Stewart for a minute. And I think the boyfriend of, uh, uh goes back inside. Yeah. He leaves. Yeah. He yep. leaves. And then it's just her sitting there like on like a stair or something like that. And then in the background, you see this, like, thing move. And, like, shit like that is always... So, it's like the scene... It's, like, hereditary-level stuff where, yep. like, something move Like, you have to, like... It's like I spy... Like, horror I spy. Yeah. <laughs> but, but when you do that wrong, it's not... It, it doesn't work. Like, there's some later Halloween sequels where they were trying to do the Michael Myers lurking thing and they just didn't pull it off. But it, you, So you can not do this right. I've seen a lot of movies not do this right and this is done right yeah i mean uh, honestly i I, I, would, I would put it i would put that part on the same in the same conversation as hereditary and then i think like a bigger behind out of focus just, i don't do you consider it a jump scare what is it strangers uh, when he's in the background the oh, kitchen. Oh yeah, that's a jump scare. <laughs> Cuz it's like it's like it's not a loud But it plays out low slower. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yep. but like it's but it still has that like that level of energy where the whole audience goes fuck. That's interesting. That's a perfect comparison. I I didn't think of that, but it it feels the same. Yeah, like you you get The to other that one's high. a different taste because it's a different kind of movie. Yeah. But like yeah. But like the fact that you get something like that in a film that I think was severely overlooked and it's not like a scare per minute type of movie, you know, it's right. not a conjuring or something like that. Nope. Like it's not, it's not, it's not even the same category. It's like an a 24 film. Cause like even those you kind of go in with the assumption of like, okay, this is going to be either really, really weird, really, really artsy or really fucking scary. Yep. This is in like its own little bubble. And the fact that you get, honestly, you get multiple scares. This is like the golden corral of like <laughs> ghost scares wow. in a movie. You got a little bit of everything. <laughs> well, you, get the, you get the haunted mansion, you know, kind of big right. spooky white specter looking ghost. You get an A24 kind of psychological backstory. You get with some intensity. That murder scene feels like an A24 thing. That murder scene feels like something Fincher would have done in Gone Girl. Like, yeah, it yeah. feels something crazy. And then that scene just, you know, is one of those quiet Fuck you, and then dropping the mason jar with the wine glass, whatever the fuck it was, dropping yep. that that glass. It yep. just it was no bullshit. It was like, hey, here's a ghost. Yeah, there it is. Totally. Well, you're gonna be highly disappointed. But so right, here's here, here's the solution to this movie. I feel ambivalent about even doing this because I hate that that I know this now. You're but, spoil okay. the sauce. So well, no, I don't. I don't think it spoils it. I think it might even make it better. But so this. This movie is is basically positing that there are ghosts and they can be um, interacted with or even steered depending on how receptive you are to them, right? Right. But mainly what's happening in this movie is happening in Kristen Stewart's mind, right? And I know this. And the reason I know this is because... And this is amazing that you can interpret an entire movie based off of two seconds. But there, if there's, if you took two seconds out of this movie, I wouldn't know how to explain this movie. The fact that two seconds are in there explains the entire movie. I'll mind blowing. What are the two seconds that explain? So it fades to white at the end, and it fades to black in every other scene, 
And and that's the explanation for the movie. The reason why it's fading to white is because she's figured out how she's found herself. She's figured out how to move on from her dead brother and live her life. Right. So she's cut off from the world. She's cut off from understanding. She can't figure out what's happening to her and she can't figure out who even is a threat to her. Like Ingo's clearly a threat to her. We all know it. And we think she should probably know it, but she doesn't. Right. <laughs> right? Like she, she's pretty lost. So every time she's about to figure something off in this movie, if you go back and rewatch this movie, every time she's about to figure something out or something like she's on the way to figure something out, the scene ends sometimes abruptly. And it's always a fade to black. Right. And then at the end, when she asks the question, so they do a ghost knocking thing, two knocks for no, one knock for yes. And she asks a series of questions. And at the end of the movie, she asks, uh, to her dead brother, is it you? And then she goes, is it just me? And then there's one knock, which is yes. And then she looks directly at us, right? And her, for the first time, she has a direct eye, can't, eye contact gaze with us. And then the movie fades to white. That's because she's figured it out. She's figured out that she's got to move on. And this is, she's either going to indulge this and go crazy and die, or she's going to live her life. And she's choosing to live her life, which is a positive note, which is why it like flashes up to white. But I, I, I don't ruin it at all. But no, but I can do better than this too, because so this is, this is why I, I'm getting a chill talking about it again. This is a weird movie. This is a good movie. Because, because here's the thing. Do you remember in Forbidden Planet? Do you remember? We watched yeah, yeah, that. Yeah. Do you remember that the guy was creating the force with his mind? So yeah. like the electric monster would show up. Tiger thing. As soon as he woke up, it vanished, right? Uh-huh. Kristen Stewart projected calling the police and getting Ingo arrested once she figured out what was happening or before she walked into that hotel room. And her projection was that her brother Lewis was going out and doing it, or she was projecting herself leaving the hotel room and going out and telling the police so that the police would know her. That projection is it's not a ghost. It's her representation of, either sending herself out like a spirit or like Lewis going and doing it for her, right? Which is why we see it in that order. And and the interesting thing is, is that there's a lot of ways that this movie throws you off because there's a lot of shots where you're not, you're seeing ghosts, but not from her perspective. Like maybe she it's in the background, she's not seeing it. Definitely the Lewis part, right? Yeah. And I think those ghosts are real, but I think that the, she's not interacting with those ghosts. She's, she's never been able to pick up a profitable conversation with the ghost, despite the fact like that whatever. But she, she gives us the clue in the middle of the movie. She says, I always followed Lewis. Like Lewis said he was a medium. And then Ingo asks her, are you a medium? And she goes, yes, I'm sort of a medium, right? right, right. So she can't. She doesn't have it. She doesn't have the gift to do it. She would spend her whole life lingering around trying to figure out this one knock, two knock, once in a while Morse code, right? Mm-hmm. Whatever. And she knows it. Like subconsciously, she knows it. So that's why at the end, and and when you think about it, the movie even gives itself away in the title. Like she doesn't know who she is. So what she's shopping for herself she's a personal shopper she's searching for the person she is right like like That's it's pretty cool right like, like i mean it, it makes sense once you figure out why it's fading to white at the end which is the key to the whole kind of like mystery but um i don't think that ruins anything i think that that when you go back and you look at it because i think the ghosts are real i think the problem is is that she's she's seeing them in really weird faint out of the corner of her eye weird ways and the reason that she's seeing it that way is that's all she's capable of her talent isn't to be a medium 
Right. Right. So if the movie had given us really vivid ghosts and like direct confrontation with ghosts, like it did with Lewis, like if she had turned around and seen him and talked to him, whatever, it would have betrayed its whole self because she's not supposed to be a medium. That was her brother. She was trying to live her brother's life. Right. So she's going on to do her own life and not be a weird mopey. She did talk about how much she hated where she was at. Right. Totally. Totally. So, so the ghosts are there. The question is how much they're helping her. And is there a malignant one? Because she does meet another ghost. That's not Lewis that's spewing the ectoplasm out and doing all the, all the stuff. Doesn't look like Lewis. (laughs) Doesn't look like Lewis at all. But the point of the movie is that she's shopping for her personhood and she, finally finds it right you know what's so great about this what's that oh hold on was there anything else we have to knock out no that's that's it i think we fought for pretty good we did where does this film take place i have no idea (laughs) paris right where do we have two listeners oh (laughs) good segue let's do this with that hit me i live so we had our swiss listener (laughs) you know we got a review from our swiss or from our american in Swiss, in Switzerland, in yes. Switzerland review, and thank you very much. Really like, in fact, listenership uh, blew up in Switzerland. Yes, a little bit. That's good. Uh, France still two listeners. So this episode's for you two. Oh, good nice. Dedicated. There to we go. We'll dedicate it to our two. Now, if you like this episode and you're still in France and you think, "Gee, Nick and George, I'm so glad I watched Personal Shopper. My life is just that much more complete." Mm-hmm quality of life has went up five star review yeah that's gotta be what that's worth so Um, we're let's let's pose a question okay okay one knock for yes two knocks for no is this podcast great one knock yes so go to give us a five star review and just write one knock for yes that's what it is five star review and just write one knock we'll totally get it we appreciate it don't don't knock twice (laughs) yeah don't knock don't knock (laughs) please don't knock don't knock twice (laughs) and i have some other places in the world where we have some other listeners so i'm gonna fucking carmen san diego this shit let's do it i'm just gonna bounce from different countries yeah where we where are we gonna call out the listeners so this this episode and so and i think i think i did it with the swiss was i kept going for it until it happened totally so i checked that off it's sort of like remember was it the daily show the colbert report where they would interview know your county and then he would it check was the out. daily show and i love that yeah thing. and it was always like the little tiniest yeah, like know your thing. congressional district yeah yep. i'm doing that but with the world yep, so perfect. to our two french listeners balls in your court Wait, what sport do they like? Right? Soccer? Soccer ball? Yeah, hell yeah. Soccer, soccer. ball? So- oh, yeah, because they just won the... See, I knew that. I knew, I knew they just won, you know, the, was it FIFA or whatever? I know they Don't won that. Bother. So we know, we know a little bit. We know a little something, a little something. All right. Well, <laughs> until next time, stay scared. Watch what you Bye. Bye.